Hello and welcome to episode 413. Today I'd like us to look at how to talk to strangers. Now this is going to be a debrief of an everyday sales situation that happened to me at the recently concluded Brides and Babies um, Bridal Experience, as they call it, or Bridal Expo, as I like to call it. They don't call it a Bridal Expo because uh, the list of brides that comes is uh, curated they also curate the vendors and so they call it a networking experience but um, yeah whether it's a networking experience I guess for those people in other industries would still call it business exposition of some sort so I call it a bridal expo now the reason why I say this is an everyday sales situation is because it's the sort of thing that a lot of us happen to find ourselves in because we are just uh, going about casually minding our business and then we're involved in these sorts of conversations and then sometimes we are uh, the ones who are taking the initiative to start these sorts of conversations with um, strangers. So let me go into detail so that you guys can get a clearer picture of what it is that I'm talking about. So like I mentioned, I was at the Brides and Babies Bridal Experience in Abuja. I was concluded um, two weeks ago, a week or maybe two weeks ago. And then a stranger walked up to the uh, stand where I was because I was helping Shagun out with the photo booth because they had um, they had been busy the day before and they had another event. So I was helping him out, uh, making sure that the production assistance that he had um, at the photo booth, just making sure that everything was um, up to speed from a sales perspective, that um, the potential customers were being uh, treated right and that uh, everybody um, had um, a sales um, sales script or rather a sales framework that we're all working off of and making sure that everything was nice, tidy and professional. So this uh, stranger walks up to me and then he complimented my red attire. So those of you who've listened to the last three or four episodes, you remember that the dress code was white. I didn't have any um, white thing to wear because my white uh, attire had shrunk. My white trad, I I will mostly wear trads. So I decided to wear my um, red Adire, bright red. So uh, yeah, so I was standing out in the sea of white and I was that guy who was wearing red. So, the stranger walked up to me, a guy, and he complimented my red attire, the red adire. Um, it was speckled with uh, gold drops and some splashes here and there, and then had like a white, uh, what's it called? Should I call it breastplate? Um, I know nothing about fashion or about um, tailoring and stuff, so I have no idea what it's called. But that bold thing um, at the front, so let me just call it a breastplate. So it was a white uh, breastplate. And so whenever people ask me how come I wasn't wearing white, I just pointed to my chest and I was like, here, I have a huge splash of white. Anyway, so he completed my attire. He was wearing um, a blue one, also Adire, and his had um, white and yellow splashes. And so, <clears throat> yeah, we traded compliments, uh, talked a lot about um, our love for Adire. We shared some um, style tips if you can call what I had to say style tips because I'm not really a stylish person because I remember there's this um, classic um, moment in our in our own household anyway where once I was talking to someone I was really trying to convince the person that I had a sense of style and um, eventually my mom chimed in and my mom was like yeah Tavishima you have a sense of style and your sense of style is no style so that's one of those things that has become um, classic uh, within the family so anyway we traded uh, style tips the best way that i uh, know um, how and then eventually in the conversation it came out that um, this dude who walked up to me that that's what he does for uh, for a living he sells adira pieces and he makes custom um, adira pieces for men so for those of you who haven't spent any time in the uh, western part of the country. Adire is a native attire that is known to the um, Yoruba 
yeah, I think so. Yoruba tribe. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say Yoruba tribe. I don't know of any other... I'm sure there are other uh, tribes in Nigeria, other nationalities, ethnicities, that use uh, Adire-like uh, fabric, but the popular form is known by the Yoruba people. So um, it's a form of dress that comes from the Yoruba people. Um, it's a tie-and-dye thing. So you take um, freshly made wool and you take it to different pits, you tie it together, you soak it up, and from the process of um, tying it and dyeing it and drying it, you get all these uh, wonderful um, intricate patterns. And then the good thing about it is that no two Adire pieces are ever the same. So even if they're um, tied and dried in the same pit, um, there's going to be slight differences here and there. So more or less, um, you guys can have uh, the same color, but uh, markedly um, different patterns. So that's part of the beauty of um, Adire, especially if you bleach it well and you iron it real nice, if you know how to iron it, because I took an iron to one of my Adire pieces and I completely um, messed it up. So uh, yeah, I should learn about how to handle my Adire. Anyway, so um, so for those of you, my listeners, who are abroad, that's what um, Adire is. It's a, it's a native uh, cloth. Uh, for those of you from other parts of Nigeria who are not familiar with the term, um, that is what um, it is. I hope I described it adequately. If I didn't, just hop on the Google machine, and of course, you're going, uh, you'll get to see more pictures and get some more information. So anyway, eventually the topic went to, um, conversation went to how much, and for him was 15k, that's 15,000 naira, including the cost of service and including the cost of the material. Now, is that cheap? Is that expensive? I have absolutely no idea, because like I said, I know nothing about fashion and I have no idea about clothes. So I was upfront with him that um, I defer all of these things to my wife, basically. So I wear whatever it is she says I should wear half the time, because sometimes I'm like, hey, I can't be bothered. And I'm going to go ahead and dress in the same crappy way that I like. And so I just wear whatever I like. But half the time, if you see me, if you catch me at a social occasion and you think I stepped out and I'm looking fresh, then rest assured that uh, my wife had a hand in it. Um, it will be one of those days that she put her foot down and she said, no, you know what, you're going to wear this. Don't disgrace me. We're heading out as a family. I want you looking like somebody's husband and I want you looking like the father of somebody's children. You can't go out dressed like this. So yeah, there are times that we have those conversations. So I was up from with him like, hey, yeah, your stuff is cool. Some of the stuff that I've seen. Uh, but I defer to my wife on all this. So um, I'm just going to pass it uh, through her basically. So he showed me his profile on Instagram. Uh, we saw a couple of stuff. Um, I followed. He said he would follow back, and uh, yeah, I repeated that I was going to run it by my wife. And then, uh, yeah, so that's how we ended basically. You know, uh, yeah, nice running into you. Um, yeah, you guys have fun at the expo. Uh, regards to Madame, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, small talk and all that thing. And then um, he left. So, um, several days later, he didn't follow back and he didn't send a DM. Now, since I was still on his uh, Instagram profile, and you know, I followed. And I don't, I don't follow too many people. So for the few people that I do follow, whenever they put up stuff, I get to see um, lots of it. So it turns out that his Instagram profile, it does have um, a few things speckled here and there of his designs. But it turns out that his Instagram profile has more to do with his everyday life. And it's not really a style catalog. I was hoping it was going to be a style catalog so I could show my wife to say, this is what this guy does. Look at this design, look at this style, look at this pattern, look at this, look at this, um, what do you think? Because even if we're not going to buy anything through him, we already have a bunch of um, materials that uh, we have lying around the house and we haven't tried out um, 
any designs yet. So we have some adire that we um, we have lying around in the house. I also told my wife that I think I want us to try some Senegalese material as well. Because when I was much uh, younger, uh, Momsi used to get Senegalese stuff for us and I thought I looked rather fresh in it. So I think I'd like to try Senegalese as well. So yeah, we have uh, adire lying around in the house. And um, always trying to keep an eye out for somebody who has uh, some skill in the um, tailoring game. So, um, yeah, so that's it. His Instagram profile is more about his everyday life. So eventually I got tired of seeing him hang out with Tony Elumelu and uh, other interp uh, entrepreneurs. Tony Elumelu is um, he's the big wig behind uh, one of these banks. I can't remember the name right now. And he has the Tony Elumelu Foundation that promotes entrepreneurship uh, in uh, Africa. And uh, yeah, so that's it pretty much. That's how the whole encounter ended. So now you can see that this is the sort of thing that a lot of us experience uh, maybe one or two times a month um, because we either um, start, this, uh, start this kind of conversation because we're trying to move our wares or we're at the receiving end because we happen to be um, at the other end of a uh, charismatic conversation uh, with an entrepreneur who is uh, trying to suss us out and trying to um, get us on his wares or get us on um, her wares or her products or services. So, um, yeah, so since we have these encounters, everyone listening to this podcast, I know that at the very least this happens to you at, uh, maybe once a month. So since this happens um, all the time, I think it's a good idea for us to do a debrief so that we can handle things differently and then maybe find a, just try and see how we can score maybe one or two uh, random deals like this every quarter instead of meeting people uh, like this two to three times a month and then um, nothing comes out of it. So first off, um, let's uh, figure out what it is that he did right. Um, this is by no means exhaustive, so I'm just riffing off of the things that um, appeal to me. So number one, what he did right was that he spoke to a customer. Uh, at some point, all your best customers were strangers to you. You guys didn't come out of the womb, brothers and sisters. Uh, so there were strangers at some point. We can't escape that. So we have to learn to talk to strangers. If we're in the uh, business game, we can't run away from it. We have to learn to talk to strangers. Even if we work for someone else, you work for Zenith Bank or you work for the Ministry of Finance or whatever, eventually you have to talk to a stranger because somebody's going to approach your desk to find out about this policy or this product that the... Um, uh, policy or product that your uh, department offers. So, learn how to talk to a stranger. So, that's the first thing he did right. He spoke to a stranger. Number two, he tried to build rapport through a similar sense of style. So, it's a useful thing to do in the sales process to reduce resistance. You look for similarities that you guys have. You vibe on that a little bit. It builds some commonality and it makes it easier to carry on the conversation. So, that was a good thing. Number three, he tried to gauge if this was a regular part of my wardrobe, if I was interested in trying him out. And that's a good thing because most people are comfortable with just going there, starting the conversation, leaving a flyer and going away without trying to put any feelers out to see if this person is interested in uh, taking the next step. And then another thing he did right was to get some contact details. Now, I prefer... Uh, and I recommend that most people should go with the phone. I mean, whip out your phone and exchange contact details. But rather, he decided to go the Instagram route. Instagram works as well. So if you don't like phone calls and you prefer to do the Instagram thing, that's not a problem. So for the rest of this, we're going to assume, um, we're going to assume um, uh, Instagram for the rest of the conversation. Sorry, the rest of the debrief. Now, these are things that he could have done better. The my wife objection. Now, an objection is a reason that somebody gives for not wanting to go ahead with uh, 
with the current thing that you guys have on um, on the agenda. So if you guys are at the departmental meeting and you're supposed to roll out some software or something and somebody gives any issues as to why the software rollout can't go ahead, that's an objection. So in the sales context, if you're talking to a guy and the guy says, let me talk to my wife, that's an objection. So for the my wife objection, he could have asked more questions. So remember that that's how we deal with objections. So you could have taken the conversation a different route, more questions about my wife, what it is that she selects, uh, what she thinks is important, what she thinks are the hallmark of men's styles. Uh, maybe she had even got my wife's Instagram handle so that later on she could slip into a DM and say, hey, good afternoon, Ma. I ran into your husband. Um, I ran into your husband yesterday at Brides and Babies, blah, 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 blah. Started up conversation from there because he was a real friendly guy. So I think it's something that he would have been um, able to do. Now, the reason why all this is important, um, asking questions about what my wife thinks about style and things like that is because if you're going to make a play for um, somebody's business, you need to have all the relevant decision makers on board. Now, in this case, for someone like me, who doesn't know a thing about Adire and who has no sense of fashion, if I say I defer to my wife, then you best believe that this deal is not going to go ahead unless my wife is on board. So you need to have some uh, information beforehand on who my wife is, uh, what she thinks is important, uh, you know, stuff like that. Suss out all these things so that when you guys are having the conversation and uh, my wife is in the picture, um, you know, you're a smart salesperson, so you know how you're going to uh, you know how you're going to carry on the conversation. So for the my wife objection, um, he shouldn't have just let it pass. He should have asked a couple of questions. And it's absolutely important that you have all decision makers, um, all the relevant decision makers um, on board. And then, um, let's see what else. Okay, on qualification. Qualification is when you're speaking to people to ask questions about what they want, what they need, uh, if there's any sense of urgency, what they can afford. Uh, make sure that all the expectations are uh, in sync. Now, he could have asked some more questions, more, more money questions or more budget questions. So, when did you get this? Uh, do you buy these often? Who does your tailoring? Does wifey buy in bulk and then ship to your tailor? Uh, you know, those sorts of questions. Um, okay, uh, okay. apart from bridal expos, where else do you dress up to? You know, because you could have tried to find out whether I'm a party, party person. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm not a party person. I'm a homeboy. And Shago keeps complaining that... I don't come out, I don't hang out with the boys, and he says that I should, and yeah, my wife is tired of having me at home, so um, yeah, so maybe uh, I might run into you guys and girls at a party anytime soon next year, maybe in 2023, it's too late for 2022 right now, because it's uh, June, and I'm still a homeboy, so maybe I'll become a party animal in 2023, uh, where was I? Okay, yeah, so um, where do you chill? Where do you hang out? Apart from occasions like this, where do you dress up to? Now, these questions might not make sense to uh, those of you who are not familiar with this idea of having a question-led approach uh, to sales. But all these questions around frequency of use, uh, how often do you buy, where else do you go to, where do you hang out, blah, 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 they will give you a sense of whether this person has money to spend or not. Because a social butterfly who is buying Adire um, every two weeks and likes attending weddings every Sunday, sorry, every Saturday. So you best believe that this guy has some loose change. It doesn't have to be 15K, but even if it's 5K or 10K or whatever, please, I know nothing about tailoring. So I hope none of you are shocked that I said um, 5K as a budget for clothes. But anyway, I know nothing about budgeting, so don't take any of these uh, figures seriously. But bottom line is... Uh, somebody who, if you ask questions around frequency of use, you will know whether this person has some money to spend or not because, you know, it's the lifestyle. But then if you see that, oh, this guy 
this material that he got, his wife bought it for him for Christmas, and he's been recycling it since. His wife got it for him for Christmas two years ago, and he's been recycling it since everywhere. Uh, he doesn't go out at all. And you know that this is bad market, as they like to say in Nigeria. I mean, it means that this guy is not going to spend any money, and then um, you move on. So that's why some of these questions are really important, all these uh, frequency of um, use um, questions. And then most importantly, it will also show that my wife and I have realistic expectations around men's clothing. clothing. And uh, those are the kind of people that you want to have um, conversations with, no matter what kind of uh, business you're involved in. So if you're a wedding photographer, you're talking to a bride and a groom who last used a photographer um, eight years ago, back when they were in uni, they're not going to have realistic expectations about how much wedding photography costs. But if it looks like they are social butterflies, they like to hang out a lot, they like to take portraits a lot, blah blah blah, stuff like that, then you know that these people are not going to, they're not going to sneeze and they're not going to run when you mention that uh, you, um, your services cost 400k. That's because they take photos a lot, so they've been seeing the rising costs and they have a faint idea. Uh, since they attend lots of weddings and they know how much uh, the sister spent or um, the best friend spent at the wedding, they'll have an idea and it's not going to be um, much of a shock. Uh, to them but that's not to say that it's going to be an easy uh, deal so that's why all those questions are important the next thing that he could have done better and i'll make this the last thing since we're close to 20 minutes is uh follow through now most people like to say follow up but i say follow through is the, is uh, a better way to think about it when you follow up you're just calling to check up on you and uh, adjust the greet you and uh, remember your boys and all that rubbish things that don't add value but then when you follow through it's because you guys have agreed to some action points and so when you call you're fo you're continuing with something specific in this case if you notice in the conversation we didn't we agreed to some action points i mean we didn't sit down and say let's do abc but if you follow the trend of the conversation you see that we agreed to number 1 he was going to follow, I would follow, and then he would follow me back. And then number two, I would show my wife. And then, of course, uh, I followed him on Instagram. Um, so, uh, yeah, he should have followed through on those things. One, following back, and then the whole thing with my wife. So he should have followed back um, and then follow through. Uh, sorry. Okay, no, I should be more explicit. He should have followed back. And then after that, he could have sent messages on DM to say, Oh, boy, what's up? was nice chatting with you at uh, Brides and Babies. So how far did you show wifey? What did she think? So you can see that now he's, um, it's not a matter of a bros at a halo, bros at a greet, and you know, um, uh, all those things, or a bros how far, and all those things that, um, uh, that we like to say that don't add any value, you know, just checking up on you, stuff like that. This is something specific. So it's uh, bro, or bros, or sir, or my guy, or however it is that you do it, you pick the one that goes with you. You're following up on something specific. Hey, what's up? It was nice chatting with you. So how far? Did you show madame? What did she think? And then you continue the conversation there. So he should have followed through, which is what he failed um, to do. Now, a huge warning. So please note that if you handle all situations like this, there is no guarantee of you making a sale. I am not saying that if he did things this way, or that if you do things that way in your business, that you are going to make a, uh, a sale and that you're going to close a deal. But the thing is this, if this is how you handle things regularly, if this is your regular thought process, you're going to find yourself making more sales and building better relationships this year than you did last year. So that's why it's important to start thinking like this and following through, um, sorry, not following through. That's really why it's, um, it's good to start thinking like this and having a framework for how you handle these transactions because 
it doesn't mean you will close the sale now but over time you'll find yourself getting much more successful and opening and building relationships that can lead to better things in the future so uh yeah so that's it pretty much for today thank you very much for your time and attention we're sharp at the 20 minute mark so i'll bring it to a close right here so thanks for your time and attention i'll catch you guys at the next recording and i hope if this is your first time listening to the podcast you've gotten some useful tips and tricks about how to uh, talk to strangers it's something that is very useful for those of us who are in business we can't run away from it so let's uh, embrace it because uh, we all have to do it at some point